0: are listening to Omnus Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnus, and I am here with Jacob, aka Xavier Protocols. Welcome back to the show, sir.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me back. It's uh, fun to be here.
0: Well, our first conversation was so great, so I was definitely eager to do another one, and I'm really excited about this specific topic, because you have had a tournament recently, and whenever you get in those sort of games, it always starts... The creativity starts flowing. The challenges what you're going to do with your with your rosters. And so the focus of this episode is going to be kind of crisis contemplation, like what sort of crisis do you really want with your roster? So we are noticing a lot of players that are taking that roster the full extent, really thinking about which characters to include, putting a lot of thought into which tactics cards to include. But because I think there aren't as many crisis cards and you don't have 100% control over them, there's not quite as much thought going into those, even though they may actually be the most important decision.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've already written some articles about crisis selection, but I think it is a really key and developing part of building a roster is as well as the characters and the team tactics cards, which, you know, understandably take a lot of thought and a lot of uh, players considerations into when they're building their roster but almost building with the crisis in mind, I think, is going to be where a lot of people are moving towards, and certainly where I'm finding myself moving towards now.
0: It is definitely an important part. And this was even something I saw at LVO. There were a lot of people that wanted to play that kind of cosmic MODOC. Uh, Gamma Wave, Gamma Shelters and that was a big plan that people had and then I kind of was approaching things from a Wakanda perspective and I wanted the really standard kind of secure setup. I wanted to play into something like Serum, for example, where I was getting extra power and there's these nice stationary locations for Shuri and Panther to push people off of. That was kind of my preference. But we've got a lot more options now. What are some examples that you've seen where you've seen a a team that really directly interacts with its crisis in a powerful way?
1: Okay, so I think a lot of this comes down to which affiliation you're playing. And I Abs- think we're beginning to see different affiliations have diff- having different play styles and really kind of then lending themselves to a particular crisis that they are going to, play well in. Uh, So an example of this might be uh, in Cabal. In Cabal, you're really uh, incentivized and rewarded to do a lot of damage. Now, clearly, that's going to help you in the scenario generally because a dazed character doesn't contest and will drop any scenario elements. But I think it particularly plays into things like Uh, Let's say Cosmic Cube, uh, where you can then go, right, well, my damage focused characters are going to be able to extract that cube from that character, pick it up and score the points. So there are there are certain scenarios that I think will play well into that. Playstyle, uh flipping it around onto the other side of the core set we've got the avengers i think the avengers with uh um they a day unlike any other leadership that one that gives a discount on power uh avengers assembled to kind of keep them in the game if you're against lots of people trying to throw you off objectives uh, yep. things like cap's own ability his uh bodyguard his vibranium shield you want to be using them In other people's terms, uh, characters that play well in Avengers, they're out of affiliation, like Loki and Venom. Again, they've got those out-of-activation triggers that they want to be getting off. It makes me think Avengers kind of have a slower game plan than Cabal. They want to be slowing down the scenario. Uh, Cap and Iron Man both get significantly better when they're on their injured side. And if you're ending the game turn three, they just don't have a chance to get there. So having scenarios that... Enable you to take advantage of your abilities to the maximum and kind of slow it down means that I think they're going to play better on uh, things like origin bombs or extracts with a single priority focus like uh, scrolls or the creep power core, the, the alien ship Crashlands uh, one that comes from Modok. They've got a lot fewer points that can be scored, so what you get is a slower game where more of those abilities come into play.
0: For sure. The only part of that I'm going to disagree with, I don't necessarily think that Origin Bombs creates a slower game. I think that one in particular can still keep the game moving very quickly, and you can often end up with one player getting a very significant advantage. Probably an Avengers team that is able to maintain uh, that for multiple rounds. But on the extraction side, absolutely. Sc- Scrolls and Cree Power Core have caused an issue for me with Wakanda in the past, because there just isn't quite as many points being scored.
1: Mm. Uh, I think my th- thought with the uh, Origin Bombs is, if you look at uh, what's being scored, over the course of two turns, you might expect to be in control of them for one of those two. That might be kind of you know all other things being equal. You might say, okay, well, that's great. So I'll score three and you'll score three. So the total points scored across two turns is 3-3. Three, three, whereas that into something like Serum or uh, Extremis consoles and you're scoring two and two plus two and two so that's four and four you're suddenly it's just a little bit faster that scenario that extra one point each suddenly makes you that bit closer to 16. So absolutely if you can get a team which is designed to dominate them scoring three is a lot better than scoring two but uh, over the course of a lot of games, um, I think it kind of averages out that kind of, you've got to reach, unless you're specifically teching for it, which we'll get into.
0: Um, <laughs> absolutely. That's kind of the purpose, but yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. But unless you're specifically teching for it, those are going to just take a little bit longer. Those are the games that are going to go to turn five, turn six. That's that's my experience of it at least.
0: I have noticed in Origin Bombs, um, Deadly Meteor specifically, it can be one that will spiral out of control because if at one point one player actually gets all three of them switched, they don't have to activate any of their key characters right away to switch them back. And it really forces the opponent to – they have to do something for it to matter. They can't just push the characters away. Those things stay contested. Well,
1: Here's where I might disagree with you because one character – Can, so long as they have the positioning and the power for it, they can activate two consoles in their turn. And if that's the last activation of a round, suddenly you're going from I'm controlling three to I'm only controlling one. That's a big swing. Now, there's a lot of ifs and buts in there, but uh, that's something which I have done myself and I've had done to me.
0: I've thought about it a great many times. I have yet to see it actually happen. I mean, I think it's going to happen for sure, and it's something you have to be mindful of, but I have found. A lot of the time, it's 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 a super grindy fight, and I haven't found it that swingy. But man, it can it can absolutely happen, especially with some of like the Asgardians and such who can easily generate the power to try to manipulate mm. two of them. Um, all right, well, let's go into talk about your roster because you just did a crisis event not that long ago, and your team, if I understand things correctly, was very focused on a specific crisis plan.
1: Uh, absolutely. Um, now, this is something I talked about a bit with uh, Pat and Sun Sil on Across the Bifrost. If you haven't caught up uh, their episode, then I strongly recommend it. It's a great podcast. Uh, so I'm not going to go into quite as much detail as I did on there, but I'll give you a quick overview here. For sure. Um, So I went in with my roster, I was playing Wakanda as a single affiliation, and the plan was I want to force Gamma Shelters as often as possible, and I want to play ideally on 15 points, which if I'm forcing it, if I've got priority, then that's within my capability, so long as the cards come up right for me, 66% of the time, it happens all the time. What I want to do there is I want to be playing a team which is Black Panther, Shuri, Okoye, Valkyrie, and Dokok. What I've got in that team is I've got two characters who push on hit, which is Shuri and Black Panther, and two characters with good throws. Valkyrie, who's got a uh, two power cost throw, which she can get off every turn because of generating two powers because of being an Asgardian. And Doc Ock, who's got this, uh, it's another three cost character with a range three throw. And he has uh, the ability to generate power through his uh, ability to generate power off wilds. Sorry, uh, sorry, Chris. Um The idea there, I have got five characters and 15 points. Most teams I'm coming up against a 15, uh, 15 threat are four characters. So I'm keeping not having priority, which is actually what the team wants. Cause I want to go after you and I want to take whichever character you've just moved on to one of the gamma shelters and push or throw them off it. If I can do that, then I am going to score six points on the secures. I'm going to score all six that's available to me. Maybe I get one or two more on the extract. And suddenly, if I can get eight points a turn, I can theoretically win in turn two. Now, it doesn't quite work out like that. It's very difficult to get that three-point gamma shelter on turn one. It's not impossible, but you need to have a plan, and everything needs to kind of conspire together for it. But the idea is turn one, take the center, score the center gamma shelter, because I've thrown people off it. My gamma shelter, that's three points, plus maybe two from the extract, if I'm lucky. Uh, if it's one of those sort of uh, multi extract ones, grab two of them. Then turns two and three, I want to be scoring six points on each, and then that, that tips me into the win.
0: No, definitely makes sense. I This is something that I ended up kind of accidentally playing into quite a bit back at LVO, because a lot of people were playing the Modoc gamma wave plan. So wakanda plays perfectly well into that crisis yeah. uh, i was curious what do you generally lean towards if you don't get gamma wave like say you get mm-hmm. priority and then gamma wave is the one that's pulled out what do you what are you picking as the secondary
1: okay my backup was the uh infinity formula uh the rationale being it's got four points which is the next most you can get on secures And it's providing a power for people standing near secures, which I'm hoping is going to be me, which then (laughs) helps power uh, the Wakandan reroll ability. So I'm thinking I'm generating extra power because my leadership ability is spending power. So unlike Cabal or Avengers, which have this kind of power economy thing going on, I've got a power drain in my leadership ability. So anything that gets me extra power, that's why I was choosing that, uh, that crisis.
0: Nope, that makes perfect sense. Wakanda definitely p- spends power without issue, so yeah. bonus power is probably more effective in Wakanda than pretty much anywhere else, I think it's probably fair to say.
1: Uh, Asgard's got good ways of spending it, too.
0: But they also generate extra, so it's often an argument that Asgard shouldn't play in Serum because it kind of mitigates their advantage a little bit. I'm not necessarily no, sure. Yeah, no. A, yeah, I can but, see
1: where you're
0: coming from. Yeah, I can, I can see the argument either way. So I really like the core team that you've got. Obviously Panther, Shuri, Okoye, Valkyrie and Octopus. And then I believe you plan on swapping in Killmonger for Okoye at seventeen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if I'm if I if they choose Extracts and give me one of the 17-point Extracts and I manage to get my Gamma Shelters, then my 17-point team swaps out uh, Okoye for Killmonger. Uh, what that gives me is not a character with a throw, but a character who is very good at making a, another character on a particular location not to be standing upright for very long. Exactly. So it kind of gives me a fifth way of removing someone from a secure objective.
0: And it's really significant for, say, like um, scrolls or Cree Power Core, because now you have someone who can hunt down pretty much anyone who gets that from you.
1: I, to extent, yeah. But really, if if the combination was Gamma Wave and Cree Power Core, you're very welcome to score two points a turn. I shall be scoring six.
0: Yes, <laughs> I, I absolutely expected that Wakanda roster can certainly focus on the can certainly focus on the just gamma wave and just get all of the points from there and can probably maintain that advantage.
1: That that would be the plan. If I came up against that scenario, so I'd be like, if I get the core, great. Um, It's not going to be a major focus of mine, but I might send one or two characters to try my luck. If you get it fine, please take one of your characters far away um, so that I don't have to throw them away. And that's saving me power. Uh, That would be my approach to that scenario.
0: You know, makes sense to me. So what were the other four characters that you brought in the tournament before we get into what those should potentially evolve into? okay
1: so uh i brought thor venom modok and vision uh, my thoughts there were okay so what if i get landed with a 20 point crisis i need some kind of more heavy hitters sort of in it for the long game able yeah, to play I mean, more that's of the attrition game
0: solid four characters and i'm just looking i'm like yes all of those are like a characters uh and in the tactics cards
1: i was bringing uh, lethal protector for whenever i wanted to to drop venom in and i was bringing drop off for whenever i wanted to potentially Thor and Vision together because Vision dropping off Thor is great, and Thor dropping off Vision is great, but that's just a really nice... So I had those two tactics cards sitting, which ultimately never got used, but they were there as a
0: contingency. I, I like all of those decisions. So <laughs> how are you feeling after some of our discussions from there? What have you thought about those four characters for expanding the team into the higher threat values?
1: Okay, so this came from, I think you had a painting stream a week or so ago, uh, our time, Uh, and I just jumped in and we had a conversation there where uh, you were talking about a particular plan you had in mind for a particular extract, and I went, huh, that would kind of fill in this slot, and I had this really great plan for if I get to pick secures, then I've got a brilliant plan which I'm going to execute and I'm going to win a lot of the time, hopefully, dice dependent, Because I've got, I've planned around this secure scenario. So where I got to after the end of our conversation that we had was, well, hang on, I need an equally good plan for an extract scenario. My opponent wins priority and says, you're picking extracts. And I go, fantastic. I want to be in that situation. I want to be going, right, well, yes, here's my plan A. Plan A is two secures, get gamma shelters, push everyone away, win the game. Hurrah. But what if half the time... I'm having to choose extracts because my opponent is choosing secures. Well, then I need a good plan for extracts. And you were discussing this particular interaction around extracts that made me really, really get me thinking and kind of led to this whole conversation we're having now.
0: Yeah, it definitely hit me kind of the same way because up until that point in the conversation, I was very much in the single affiliation roster camp. Right, I was erring on the side of, I want the most flexibility. I want to be able to pick really, really optimal tactics cards. I've obviously talked about this on other episodes. I'm pretty much all in on single affiliation. I generally didn't like multi-affiliation. And our conversation really inspired me because it made me step back. And rather than this kind of abstract look at My roster is really good, and I can build stuff for all these variety of situations. And it kind of made me step back and go, well, maybe what I should be doing is figuring out this is my primary crisis card if I get secures. This is my primary crisis card if I get extracts, and build something for both of those situations and really kind of focus in on those strengths. And that made me change my thoughts that – Maybe it's not about having the most versatile Wakanda team. If Wakanda's right for this crisis and then say Asgard is right for this crisis, you want to be able to bring both of those threats and threaten from either crisis. was essentially, I think, what you and I started thinking about after that conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, I think we're going to talk more about that particular plan have in our um in our bonus episode um but to give you a flavor of the kind of thing we're talking about so having established my uh my six man if you like or six person uh team of black panther killmonger shuri okoye valkyrie and Doc Ock, i've still got four character slots there and we talked about what i did fill them with but um here's one example of a plan i could have Okay, so uh, the crisis we'd be building around would be uh, scrolls, the scroll infiltration. And in that, you've got a slower scenario because you're only scoring, one person is scoring uh, two victory points for holding the scroll. So your extract side is limited to two rather than some of them going as high as five. And characters that might do well at that are ones who want to be able to take and be able to hold it and control it. So the kind of characters I was thinking, I was thinking this lends itself to Avengers. We talked about Avengers wanting those kind of slow play um, so they can get off more of those abilities based on the reactive abilities and the greater economy that they get from having more turns of free power to fuel their abilities agree So um here's here's a rough draft I came up with. Again, this is before playtesting, but this is this is the, the direction I'm going. Here's one example. So if I get given extracts, I'm wanting to play scrolls and I've got a backup of Cree Power Core. So that I've got a guarantee of getting one of those priority extracts with just one extract, which is gonna hopefully slow the game down sufficiently for me to be able to execute this plan. And what I what I was thinking there was something like Captain America, so we're in Avengers. Black Panther, Iron Man, there's my three for affiliation, Venom, and Akoye. And the idea here is if I can get hold of that scroll, I've got incredibly durable characters. Captain America, one of the hardest characters in the game to get rid of. Black Panther, amazing, um, healthy side card. He's almost as good injured, but not quite as good, but uh, healthy. He's fantastic. Iron Man, that damage reduction ability he's got built in, the Invincible Iron Man ability. Makes him way more durable than a three-cost character has a right to be. Venom, with his one cost, we uh, so many snacks, uh, and then potentially into We Are Venom to heal him back up. And Okoye as a second bodyguard for one cost. So what you've got there is whoever it might be manages to pick up the scroll. They're durable, and they've got a bodyguard nearby. So that's a 17-point roster, which fits with the crisis that I want to play, the Scrolls Crisis, which uh, I'm thinking, okay, well, there we go. Panther's already in my roster. Akoya's already in my roster. I need to put Cap, Iron Man, and Venom in there uh, so that I've got three of my character slots now filled, and I might have a contingency for who would be my extra character I'd bring in a 20-point crisis. haven't actually built that team yet, but that gives you an idea of where I'm going. Uh, going back right. to my tactics cards, which we didn't touch on, So um, there are six cards that I think are pretty core to what I wanted to do. Wakanda Forever, getting those extra attacks when you're uh, doing extra pushes uh, from Black Panther or Shuri. Vibranium Shielding I found to be really key in terms of keeping my guys alive once they had taken that. So trying to counterplay that um, aggressive removal of my key pieces. Uh, Brace for Impact, Patch Up, I don't think we have any discussion about those. Those are just (laughs) fantastic cards um usurp the throne again if i'm playing killmonger and his job is to take somebody down usurp the throne can really help with that plus it can help tip the scales on vps um and my final one was tactical analysis which was kind of a mirror match card so shuri is pretty common shuri once i've put my guys onto a particular point Shuri is very easy for them, for her to push people off that point. Tactical analysis gives me an out to get them back where they need to be to be scoring those points. So that's why that's in the list. Uh, The additional two I took that weren't necessary, as I mentioned before, Lethal Protector and Drop-Off. So having dipped into Avengers there with my plan B, that gives me space to go, huh, okay, Lethal Protector, you know, that might make it because I've got Venom. But Drop-Off, I don't have much in the way of Flyers there. I've got Iron Man. But who's he going to drop off? There's no real obvious drop-off candidates there.
0: Yep, and I don't think Iron Man generally likes dropping people off because he often needs his power to get to those key Friday AIs. So if you've only got Iron Man, I'm not sure I like drop-off as a card.
1: Uh, I think I agree with you entirely. So I think I could switch out drop-off for an Avengers Assemble, uh, which gives you that uh, counterplay to someone who's trying to play the fast scenario or gives you that extra turn one play to get you a bit further up to grab uh, grab an extract they're not expecting. Um, potentially. There's there's a lot of flexibility with that card. It's a really powerful card. Or uh, yeah. rearranging people so they're back in bodyguard range after they've gone and grabbed something. There's, 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 I could go on for a long time about the uses of that. It's, it's got a huge <laughs> amount of uses. Agreed. Um, but that's a card that I can then slot in instead of drop off. Do I need Lethal Protector still in there? Or arguably, I might replace that with Mission Objective because I think on that single extract, a Mission Objective increases dramatically in value because you've now got a single extract and keeping hold of that single extract is much more valuable. So that's where Mission Objective, I think, really shines for me.
0: I I absolutely agree. And I think in some cases, you don't necessarily want mission objective because you're already playing such a a crisis-focused team with Wakanda that it almost might be overdoing it. I've seen that argument for sure. So I want to present, without going into what our bonus episode is going to be, but I'm going to spoil it a little bit. We're going to do a, a deep dive on the new crisis evacuations, which kind of plays into this whole discussion, which is building a plan for the specific crisis and whether or not you're going to lead with it. There's a lot of interesting potential with evacuations. So that'll be our bonus episode for the Patreon backers. But I want to give a few examples now that are actually going to kind of like lead into that. Um, When I first started playing, obviously, my very first game was Cubes, right? I think most people's first game was Cube. It's a great intro scenario. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect, and it does start making characters a little fragile. So <laughs> things also like go down pretty fast. When, yeah, you but know, it gives you
1: the power to make them awesome.
0: I know it, it really has everything that you want out of you know a beginning game. But it was one that I it was one of my first things that I really started focusing on because I started thinking about how do you like take control of that crisis and give yourself a significant advantage. So my initial thought was focusing on that central cube. What Mm. are the ways that you can grab that cube and be as safe as possible? Because I checked and none of our current long movers can get to it and then get back and still be able to move and get back without some sort of outside influence like Black Widow, Black Panther, they all can move up really close with one move, but not quite within that range one. The only character that can do it, that, I, that I've thought of, that can do it without any cards, is Hulk. Hulk can double move, mm-hmm. pick it up mm-hmm. for one, and then if he's an Avenger, he can do his Gamma Leap gamma back. Leap. Yeah. he's the only character that can grab it without any assistance from a card of any kind and then still have a movement backwards I'm like okay this is actually kind of a solid plan like he is not the character that you want to start firing into first thing because you're not going to take him down right away and you're probably gonna have patch up on the team somewhere and so that can lead to a that can lead to an advantage but he is expensive so mm. the next best example is black panther as you just said who on Avengers can do one long move, then he can pounce into the objective, and then if you use um, advanced R&D to give him one power, he can pick it up and then do a long move back. And that is probably about the safest you could possibly be. Like, I mean, Black Panther's pretty durable, and so if you have priority and you picked cubes, that puts you in a very advantaged spot. But now let's say if you're starting with that play, you have burned a tactics card, potentially (laughs) worth it. I think that that is an absolutely strong way to start that off. Not that Black Panther necessarily wants to be taking auto damage, but I mean, who does? But now you have to think about this is something I want to give a shout out to Pat from across the Bifrost. I think he was the first podcaster who really dug into this topic of some of the more aggressive plays And I wouldn't even call what we're talking about here just yet an aggressive play. But what what I am talking about is the characters that can take your opponent's objective and then bring it and then, like, get their turn one to grab it. And there's a specific list of characters that can do that. It's any of the long movers, right? Mm -hmm. Like Black Panther, Black Widow, Spider-Man, Gamora, who's been announced. Any long mover can get there and pick it up. Now, whether or not they can survive that is another question. Mm -hmm. And then any of the medium movers that are on the 50 millimeter base. So Dr. Octopus, Hela, Ultron can do it. And I think that's all at the moment. So without any kind of outside assistance, those characters have the ability to just straight up get across the board and grab one of those objectives right away. And I think if you're going to build this plan for cubes... I think, one, you got to be able to do that because there's a reasonable chance your opponent's going to do it to you. Mm-hmm. If you grab that center one, they're going to probably try to take one of yours almost right away.
1: That was exactly what was going through my mind. Yeah. So if you've grabbed that center one, I'm going to be thinking, right, how am I going to take one of you so I can get the advantage? I can be scoring three. I can score my two and one of yours. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yep. And you've already used one of your long movers, right? You mm. see? no no affiliation has a leader that can currently do this right Red skull can't do it, I mean except Black Panther, obviously since we mentioned but the other mm-hmm. um the other affiliations don't have a leader that can do this so but if
1: Black Panther does it, he's in avengers
0: exactly so Uh, At this point, you've got to figure out who else in your team and probably if you're if this is your primary plan, like I'm going to choose extract and we're going to do cubes and I'm going to get the advantage there. That means that you're going to use either like Zemo, Spider-Man or Black Widow. And Black Widow's probably not a good pick because Mm. she can go down really easy unless you happen to have a choice to like you're feeding her to a side that does all physical attacks at short range, like say one side of the board has Valkyrie plus Zemo or something, Mm. right, where they're all physical, all short range, then Black Widow can hit above her weight class and absorb sometimes way more damage than she should. But that's the dice, yeah. Yeah. But that's still still a pretty big gamble. So I think you're going to lead towards one of the more durable characters like maybe Spider-Man, like Hela. Dr. Octopus is pretty reasonably durable for three points. Um, potentially Gamora, right? Especially if she's in Avengers, mm, uh, the ability yeah. to use uh, martial prowess for one and get five dice. Plus you're kind of decentivizing them from attacking you because she could deal you damage back if it doesn't hit hard enough. There's- and if
1: you hit her, she gets power to do it again next time
0: exactly and so there's a lot of there's a lot of balance there where it can be kind of lose-lose but obviously if someone just comes up really hard hits her while she has no power and just basically drops her that's gonna get it's gonna spiral out of control really fast but so what do you think about this sort of plan being integrated into your roster because you already got black panther
1: absolutely um i think Cubes is actually one of the harder scenarios to have a plan for. I think if I'm going right, I am going to of the extract scenarios, I'm going to try and focus and have a particular plan which I think is going to give me an advantage. I think there's too much counterplay in cubes. So let's say I take that central, uh, central cube, and even if I can get it back a bit, I can still get reached out by a number of different ways because. Typically, you're doing that as your first action so that you are able to grab that before your opponent does. So there's kind of a, an emphasis there on I've got to do this. I've got to grab that central one before you grab it. And I've written about that before as well as, OK, well, this is actually a, a reasonably good idea to go, yeah. right, well, I'm having three and you're having two, all other things being equal. So it's a strong opening play, as the first play is, I don't know, someone like Captain America, someone durable, goes up and just walks up and grabs that central cube and goes, right, come at me. If you can take it off me, great. But basically, this is mine, unless you do something about it. So that's the first thing you're doing. But then you're saying, right, well, you've got all of your activations to counter my play. So two of your activations are probably going to be taken up with grabbing your two cubes, your defensive cubes, assuming I don't come and get them off you. You know, that's, you're able to... that's relatively telegraphed because Black Panther's on this side over here. So if you go and grab that with your first activation, suddenly it almost entirely negates that line of play. Then I've got the rest of my team, as much as I want to, to try and focus on that character that's picked up that central cube. So I just think there's too many variables to have that being a reliable strategy. Um, yes, you can try and have your two long movers, one on each flank, trying to try and threaten the other ones, but you 're suddenly're saying right, well i 've got somebody in the middle who 's by themselves i 've got somebody on a flank over there by themselves you 're now exposing yourself uh, and your characters are, are way beyond your supply lines for a better, better term um, The line of battle they are well behind where the standard line of battle is being drawn, and so you 're able to focus on them and, and kind of take them down. It's not one that I can see, okay, this is my extract and I have a plan for. Maybe I'm missing something, but that particular crisis, I'm not seeing as a strong, I think there's too many counterplays to that and too many things your opponent can do to you to say, no, that plan you had,
0: I can do something about it. I mean, to a certain extent, that is the game we're playing, right? Where (laughs) If there wasn't counterplay, this probably wouldn't be very fun. But let's, let's expand on the plan a little bit more, right? Let's say we're talking about an Avengers team. So we, mm-hmm. we've got Cap and Black Panther. So okay. in this case, let's say we want to guarantee that Black Panther gets his gets his extract and he is going to live through it. So yeah. let's hypothetically just say in this example, we're doing extremist console, right? Sure. So Black Panther moves up, he pounces, you use research and development to give him one more. Um, it can even potentially be off of cap maybe not depending on the situation but we do that and so now black panther's got one he picks it up and then he can walk back a long movement and so he's back on that crisis like on extremist console defensive he's almost back to the deployment area he's pretty far Mm -hmm. back so he's probably safe and you got the potential for captain america to walk up and bodyguard him But getting attacks that far across the board, not real likely. The bigger counterplay in this is if your opponent now has all of their activations to potentially steal your crisis and try to grab your two defensive ones. So you've got to watch out. Now, maybe you go up against someone who just hasn't chosen to bring any of them, which Mm. is possible but let's assume for this case that they brought at least one or two. And let's even say that they're both on opposite sides. Like, say, Zemo's on one side and they've got a Black Panther on the other side. Mm -hmm. Now, you're already kind of... Well, I'm not sure if you're going to be playing... You're probably not playing Wakanda in this because we've already said it's Avengers. But you've got Killmonger in your roster. So Killmonger could be set up defensively to kind of protect one of those points. And if you've got a um say zemo for instance zemo will just go down to killmonger and then he'll take the token anyway and so you can potentially play something like that where you have a offensive character set up on one side and say you know spider-man is in your opponent's roster venom is also really good as an avenger and so Mm -hmm. he could absolutely be one that is set up defensively and Spider-Man does not want to come across the board into Venom. That is absolutely (laughs) no play situation for him. He does not get recalls. He's super fragile. And so, and that, I mean, that's also a character that plays well into the Avengers strategy. So maybe like we expand on this team concept, right? Obviously if say, we say we're doing Captain America, Black Panther and uh, Venom. And so right there, you're at 12 points. So you probably have five more you could do Doc Ock right as another option that can move across the board and take a token. And so just kind of expanding your option so you have something else that threatens really hard if they go across the board. Um, and then maybe Black Widow. It's hard mm-hmm. to say, obviously. This sounds like we're playing 17 points, and so you're, you're not going to be able to cover every potential situation. I think I'd
1: well, probably go for Valkyrie over Doc Ock, but yeah, it's, it's a decent team.
0: Yeah, the only thing that Valkyrie can't actually get over there and take an opponent's one. So you, you, if you go that route, Black Widow ends up being the only character that can cross the board and take one from your opponent in this situation.
1: That's a fair point. That's a
0: fair point. Not to say that you know I'm the hugest Doc Ock fan, but you're more of a fan of him than I am. Oh, he's
1: brilliant! Stop it, he's great.
0: Play him more. He's fantastic. I actually just painted up a new one to have a better scheme to hopefully entice me to play him a bit more. Because he does work in this strategy. Yeah. But now, obviously, we don't also know what your opponent is going to be able to play. And this may yeah. be something that's easier to say when you look down at the roster and say they have limited options that are going to be able to do this. That puts you in a better place. Mm. Now, Black Panther is really good. So he's going to see a reasonable amount of play. Black Widow. Absolutely fragile but she could still do this but let's be honest in a lot of situations spider-man's not getting a ton of play doc mm-hmm. ox not getting a ton of play hella's not mm-hmm. getting a ton of play so you're really concerned with ultron and zemo and um black panther and so you just kind of have to figure out how much of those your opponents are going to be playing hmm. but
1: i think uh, so, as, we, gotta, as we're going to get into in the bonus episode there are just a better scenarios to try and have a plan for
0: um which maybe absolutely may be the case yeah uh
1: i think one of those is definitely the um evacuees i can see that is one that you build and you go right i have a deliberate plan for this and it's going to get me a significant advantage um, and if you want to know what that
0: is then then <laughs> turn up to our bonus episode exactly um and i agree with that point now one advantage i'll say if you can kind of solve this puzzle or solve it enough that leaves you with an advantage spider infected have the same layout and now mind you spider infected is even harder to predict because of that mm-hmm. movement but it is the same layout and if you develop a roster that works really well in this and gives you an advantage you can almost guarantee the layout because you have two crises with this exact same layout uh, and- that's-
1: That's true. I think Spider-Infected is a much better one to plan around because there are several characters who really don't want to be carrying a Spider-Infected. So it's a fantastic (laughs) kind of counterplay if you're seeing lots of Hulk and MODOK in your opponent's roster and other characters who are slower in movement or who really want to be getting two attacks off every turn. That's their game plan. So even Thor to an extent, although he's got for to kind of ameliorate that to an extent having that as one of your three crises i'm a big fan of that even if it's your third crisis i'm never going to play this probably unless in this very specific situation it just counters so many of their characters or puts them in a position where they don't want to be doing they don't want to picking up these crises i can see yeah it's, it's a great scenario and i really like including it in my three scenarios in my roster
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is if we're trying to take this specifically not as your primary plan, but as your secondary plan. Because obviously when we're talking about your roster, if you have priority and you get Gamma Wave, that's the direction you're going. You're going to pick Secure, play Gamma Wave. That is your biggest advantage. Now, if you don't have priority, you are in a position where, and let's say you don't have priority, they have chosen Secure's. And maybe you know that they don't have Gamma Wave. So now you're going, what do I want the extract to, mm. to be? In this case, these extracts are not necessarily bad for Wakanda. You want to be able to build up lots of points. So they're, um, yeah. Yeah, they're potentially I mean, fine. So if you happen to get that Gamma Wave plus these, that's fine. Yeah. But you're not going to have priority. So you can't actually do the Avengers Black Panther play turn one. So you almost need to set up going, well, if they go for that, then, and if you're threatening it, they kind of have to, because I don't think they want to just give that to Black Panther, especially after they do an activation. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's something to play around with and potentially test, because I think this is, this is where the game is so interesting for all of us mm-hmm. right now. We're trying to figure these things out. No one's already figured it all out for us. So we've got to dive in. Is is Spider Infected in Cubes going to end up being that kind of generic extract, or is it going to be the one where you're going, oh, I see their team. They have a plan for this. I probably need to avoid giving it to them. Mm. And, you know,
1: things like the Wakandan Herb, you can have a really good plan for Wakandan Herb. There's all sorts of counterplay to it, but you can go in going, right, here's my plan, and here's what I'm going to try and execute. Um, I think Wakandan Herb is too has too much counterplay for me to want to go that route um so i think the, the three that are calling out to me at the minute for this in terms of this discussion we're having is uh, the two single priority extracts so uh, the scrolls the three power core and the evacuees so, i think if you're gonna build an a a plan around an extract crisis i think it's one of those three
0: So I've got one more idea to throw at you here for your roster. Now, this is going kind of the complete opposite direction. Since you brought up herbs, if you have the right counterplay options, which are all the characters we like playing anyway, Mm -hmm. right? Shuri's good counterplay. Valkyrie's good counterplay. And they play into this strategy anyway. What if you build, if you're going to go extract... What if you lean on herbs and you play a more brawly knockout characters team? You've already got killmonger and Assert the throne you like playing Valkyrie. You've got a lot of char- You've got a lot of access to characters that can just start wrecking people. What if that's the second plan you go? It's access- certainly possible
1: that you go, you know, I'm going to take herbs and my plan is herbs never get scored. I am going to make zero attempt to score it. And uh, I'm going to make sure my opponent never scores it. Um, I think if I was doing that, I'd want to be going into Cabal. Uh, Shuri in Cabal is just fantastic. Uh, Killmonger is Cabal-affiliated, so he's he's playing into that strategy nicely uh, of the counterplay. So then I've already got two of... Of course, I need Red Skull, so I've already got 11 points there. Who's my final four, then, if we're playing Herbs, if I'm trying to and we might get 15, or who of my six if I'm going into 17, which seems like a likely point value. Uh, well, in fact, that's the only point value we currently have for the secures, are either 17 or 15. So, yeah, I, I, I can see that as a, va- a valid line to go down, uh, going, I'm going to take these two characters. They're great. Um, they play nicely into this strategy, and they bring, give great counterplay to make sure that it's never scored
0: yeah who's my like final to four,
1: four, four, six points I, I kind of need to oh, i don't have a, an off-the-cuff one for that but i i can see the shape of that team and i can see it doing that kind of thing
0: yeah just uh something to think about i mm. it's it's definitely an interesting option i mean i haven't l- really focused on the more brawly i'm gonna knock you out sort of teams but man if you got the right characters you can do that in herbs <laughs> absolutely um yeah. But it would be very weird to have your, especially your roster with, like, this if you get Christ, if you get secures and you have priority, you're doing this hyper, I'm going to win the game on the crisis as fast as possible. And it would be so interesting if you're, oh, well, if you get priority and I'm choosing the extract, I'm going to go all brawly and we're going to play this long game mm. that's going to go to turn six and I'm going to KO most of your characters.
1: Um, just to double back for a second, we talked about we're both kind of like, hey, single affiliation seems to be the way to play this game. And we're suddenly f- just, you know, spinning on a dime and going around and going, well, hang on. Dual affiliation solves this problem or addresses this particular way of uh, building rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think looking at which tactics ta- cards are the pinch point, you know, with dual affiliation characters and with people like uh, Winter Soldier who have got a rogue agent, You can build a 10-character roster which can easily cover two affiliations. That's not the problem. The problem is tactics cards. And I've already said there's like six tactics cards I'm pretty happy with. Those are great tactics cards for what I want to do. Two tactics cards, I think, is enough flex for your plan B. So of those two tactics cards, one is probably going to be one of the tactics cards from your second affiliation. So Cosmic Configuration or Avengers Assemble or uh, Odin's Blessing. Um, I, I can definitely see swapping out Drop Off, which is kind of situational for the roster I've built. It's a fantastic tactics card and you can totally build around it. But where I'm at right now, Drop Off just doesn't quite fit. So swapping that out and then Lethal Protector, well, maybe Venom's in there, maybe he's not. Maybe I want to swap that permission objective. It depends exactly what my crisis is. But I think two, those two slots, that is enough flex that I could consider doing this as a um, two affiliation roster.
0: I mean, Cabal does seem like one of the harder one- Like I will say Cabal Wakanda... Seem like before this conversation, say we go back two weeks and mm-hmm. you'd ask me like what would be one of the hardest combinations to do right? And I would be like, Wakanda Cabal. Right? They both have lots of potential cards that they want to have access to. They're really good. And it drains your ability to take some of the the characters like Venom that have their own tactics card. It mm-hmm. it does make that very complicated. But right now, the way our discussion is going is it may be a very viable route. If you you need to build two almost very kind of specific teams, but you do the math does work. You can fit in the key elements that you need for both of these to carry out this plan.
1: Absolutely. Um, Dark Rain is one of those cards. It's a little bit like Second Wind. Which if you're going like mono Cabal, then you would definitely take it in your roster. And if you're going split, you probably don't because it's it powers up the more Cabal. Uh, affiliated characters you have in your team so in a split affiliation roster you're less likely to want to take it so i'm very happy kind of leaving that by the wayside so it's a great card but if i'm if i'm playing all cabal all day long then it, it's it's making it and if i'm not if i'm going mm, sometimes my you know if cabal is my plan b it doesn't make my roster
0: i agree all right. Well, I think we've hit the point where we should probably get on to our bonus episode, mm-hmm. and we're going to focus on evacuations, as we've already mentioned, which may be the extract, uh, which may be the extract crisis with the most potential to focus mm. on.
1: It's the what? elephant in the room that we have yes. been talking about.
0: The elephant, or the the Groot in the room? I don't know. I'm thinking uh, something really big. Uh,
1: uh, how about a elephant? <laughs>
0: jacob you have endeared yourself to me permanently now oh i love it the elephant in the room oh this is too good all right well listeners thank you so much for tuning into this episode i love having jacob on the show jacob thank you so much for coming on again no that has been great fun and listeners if you are subscribing on patreon check out that new episode about evacuations it is the elephant in the room But when you walk away from this episode, we're hoping that someone else takes a look at your roster and just says, man, that was too OP.